Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast, where we bring Sunday home. Join us as we dive deeper into First Baptist's weekly sermons, discuss practical applications, and answer your questions. Hello and welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast. I'm Jordan Upton, and with me as always is Pastor Jeff Reynolds. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jordan. Continuing to pray for Israel and continuing to pray for for everything that's going on around the world. Uh, but we know that God is good and He's faithful, and and uh, we can call out to Him about anything and everything. Um, in addition to that, I'm cold. Uh, we're actually recording this a week and a day before it airs, and it has turned off frigid. Yeah, and so like you know. A lot of hoodies going on. I'm wearing my decided hoodie that TJ got for us, and uh, I, I enjoy the colder weather. But man, it it just happened so quickly. So I was very surprised. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm a winter person, but I was very surprised. <laughs> yeah, I've I, I used to never get cold, and now my wife calls it old man disease. And I'm like, oh, thanks, honey, um, because my hands, oh my gosh, they get so cold so quick. Yeah. Every time I'm walking my dog, if somebody texts me and I have to take my glove off, it's just like, oh no. So anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Well, now that we've said that, it's probably going to be really hot next yeah, week. Yeah, it's but, probably yeah. going to be 80 again, and that's <laughs> fine. And and if it is, thank you, Lord. I'm, you know. Amen. Well, hey, so we're recording early because this is the project that we've been wanting to do a really long time. We have. We're sitting down with Lauren Parrish, our minister to children. And we're sitting down with TJ Renfro, our Minister of Students, and we're really excited to have you guys here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm really excited. I will say that both Anna, my wife, and I are very long uh, tenured listeners of the podcast. So when I told her that I was coming on this, she was a little jealous. So shout out to Anna, but I am soaking it in. I'm excited. Hey, we can get Anna on here, man. She can get up here and talk. (laughs) Anna Anna is legit. She She is. is amazing. So, yeah. Anna, if you're if you're listening to this, and I guess you are, <laughs> we need to get us we need to get a schedule for you to come on up. We'll make it happen, I'm for sure. Yeah, God willing. Yeah. Well, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about yourselves and then a little bit about your ministry. So, Lauren, let's start with you. If if people haven't met you, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Lauren, and I am really excited about kids ministry. I'm really excited about introducing kids to Jesus, especially for the first time when you see that look on their face when they finally get it. I just get really excited about that. Um, I have a new, I have a new sweatshirt that says teaching kids about Jesus, you know, and it's just, it just makes me really happy. I've been here just over two years. Two years. That has gone so quick. Hasn't it? Yeah. Well, and that was a good marker too. We just finished Trunk or Treat Mm -hmm. and that was the very first thing I did when I got here. (laughs) So that was my third Trunk or Treat that we just finished. Um, I Do you have any pets? (laughs) I do. I have have two cats and they are my pride and joy. (laughs) They're awesome cats. I've I've never even met them, but I've heard great things about them. Thank you. Thank you. From people who have have been cat sitters over, you know, if you've been out of town. They are the friendliest cats you'll ever meet. More my pride and joy are my nine nieces and nephews whom I love dearly. Um, But it is a joy to, to have family and to love them and know them and spend time with them. Wow. That's awesome. And TJ, you've been here for uh, a while too. Why don't, why don't you tell us about yourself? Yeah, so my name's TJ. Uh, I've been coming to First Baptist for just about three years now. Um, I started coming and just started working with the, the youth ministry around that time. Uh, it was just after COVID, um, but I was in college during that time and 
Um, during college, I actually I, I interned here at with the youth ministry, which was last summer. And then uh, this past May, I graduated with a major in sports management and had came to college with the expectation I was going to go work across the country with a bunch of different athletic facilities. Felt the Lord's call in my heart to go to ministry. And now, um, you know, dominoes fell in a certain way. And now I'm here, thankfully, Lord willing. And uh, so, yeah, I've been here since technically June 1st. Um, so that's been over four months now by the time this comes out. Um, I got here two weeks later. We went to camp. A week and a half after that, we went to uh, Bowling Green Mission Trip. A week after that was VBS. And then a week and a half after that, I got married to my wife, Anna. So <laughs> it's been a lot, but we're here and we've survived. We just got back from fall retreat. Um, but I work with students in grades uh, 7 through 12 and I love it. I love being able to share the gospel with them and being able to connect them to the local church here. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like both of you just started your ministries and it just took off 100 miles per hour in a given direction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's been a blur, but it's been great. Well, and I'll tell you another thing that's really cool is is you heard from TJ and many of you know about me and you may or may not know about Lauren. We all were headed in a non-ministry kind of trajectory. <laughs> like, you know, I was going to be a physician. TJ was going to go into sport management. Lauren was going to be a character at Disney World, um, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> God brought us here. And so I'm, I'm personally remarkably thankful that God called all three of us to this place at this time. And uh, even though it wasn't what we were planning, it's working out pretty good so far. So. Well, and in kids' ministry, I'm playing different characters all the time. So it really, it, it's still useful. <laughs> it works out. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, well, tell us about the children's ministry here at First Baptist. What's what's going on? So the children's ministry here is alive and well. We have a Sunday school going on every Sunday at 945. We've got preschool worship every Sunday. That's for birth through preschool. And that's going on at 11 o'clock during worship. And those kids get to experience Bible time and playtime and just everything surrounding what they've learned in Sunday school for that day. So we drive home that lesson so that they can um, really grasp what God is trying to teach them that day. Um, and so those uh, those things happen at 11 o'clock. Um, on the second and fourth Sunday of every month, we have kids worship, and that is for kindergarten through sixth grade. And that is just a really fun time where we get to um, play games and sing worship music together. And I, I'm able to teach the stories to them, their, their Bible lesson at their level for that day. Um, but don't get me wrong. I love, I love teaching kids the Bible story to them specifically, having a time set aside for them. But I also think it's really important for kids to be in church. And that's why we only do kids worship every second and fourth Sunday, because I think it is so important for kids to be sitting with their families, sitting in corporate worship and learning what that's like at an early age. And I say that because we didn't do that when I was a kid. And so very early on going to corporate worship for me, that was a punishment. And oh, no. I never want that to be what kids today learn, what they hear about that, but that corporate worship is a joy. It is a joy to get to worship with their church family and get to see what that's like and learn and grow up in that and get to grow being a part of that church, knowing that this this is not the church family that they're sometimes with because they're upstairs, but this is their church family whom they worship with, whom they serve with. Yeah. 
I was just going to say, my kids sometimes think that going to big church is punishment because I got to listen to dad, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and they have to listen to dad all the time. Uh, So anyway, just going to throw that out there. Well, as a new father, I do want to ask, what is the difference between ministering to like adults and then what's, you know, what's it like ministering to children? What are the strategic differences? Because I know they exist, but I don't necessarily know what the differences are. Well, I'll admit the the conversations aren't as different as you would think. No kidding. But it's more the delivery. Hmm. So with kids worship, it's going to be more upbeat. It's going to be more active. They've got to have those kinesthetic opportunities to be able to do what they're learning, to be able to hear what they're learning, see what they're learning, sometimes taste what they're learning. So we try to use more of their senses um, to be able to to drive those points home so that they can they can really grasp that truth and and know what they're learning. And then I'm able to give parents questions to follow up with that and say, hey, this is what we talked about today. Make sure that you continue talking about this when you get home and make sure that your kids don't forget what they learned. And at the same time, kids can be able to ask their parents, hey, what did you learn while you were sitting in the sanctuary today? What did you learn from Pastor Jeff? What did you learn through the songs that you sang? And starting those conversations is just really important. Again, those the way that they communicate isn't necessarily all that different. It's just the delivery. Hmm. Yeah, thank you, Lauren. That's a really good answer. And that, now, what about you, TJ? What What's kind of the difference between talking to uh, uh, an adult and then maybe someone who's in the youth, like the 7th grade to 12th grade range? Yeah, there's not a ton of difference, I've noticed. Um, you just have to be really direct which is funny because I remember it was, you know, five or six years ago that I was in my own youth group. So I remember being, you know, interactive with my community group leaders and my pastors and stuff like that. But um, I really do want the youth ministry at First Baptist to be a place where disciples are being made. And I think the transition from going from children's ministry to youth ministry is really important. But also, like what Jeff says all the time in, in big church, like what you do matters. So I really am trying to provide as many service opportunities for both the students and the parents uh, to be able to serve within the community and within the church so what they do matters and they know that. So, um, And I've noticed that all of the teenagers that are in the youth group, um, they need like a reason to do something. Like they can't just, I'm sure everyone else knows this, but you can't just tell someone to be like, hey, just go do this. And you're going to hear, well, why, do I, why, why should I do that? And, you know, why does it matter? So kind of drawing that connection for, you know, a lifelong commitment and, you know, saying like, I'm going to stay committed to what I've committed to long after the mood I've set it in is left. And I think that's kind of what being a Christian is all about, is being committed to being a faithful servant and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I'm modeling the youth group after. But it's easy to do that when Lauren's modeling the children's ministry after that. So they kind of know what they're getting into coming into the, to the youth group. Well, and let me add that one of the things that both of these guys do really, really well, both Lauren and TJ, help students, children and students, understand that they are they are valuable members of this community who have gifts and talents and abilities and resources that are that are useful in the kingdom now. You know, they're not the church of the future. They're they're part of the church now. And Studies have illustrated that the single most impactful spiritual discipline you can undertake to grow in your faith and to remain in your faith is is reading the Word of God. But for kids who grow up um, and remain active in their faith, the number one factor is that they served. They learned that they were not just recipients of the kingdom of God. They were participants in the kingdom of God. And so what's so beautiful is to watch – Lauren and TJ both teach the the 
children and students that have been entrusted to their care to teach them, hey, you guys have you guys have stuff that God wants to use right now, and there are ways at First Baptist Church for you to use those things. And if you can use them at First Baptist Church, then you can use them at school, and you can use them at home, and you can be a blessing where you are. I mean, my daughter was just elected chaplain of the Beta Club chapter at her school, huh. and she had to write a little speech for it, and she did a phenomenal job recognizing some of her gifts and I know that that's because of the exposure that she's had to the fact that she has gifts. One, from obviously her parents, because we all affirm that parents are the chief disciples in their kids' lives. But I know that she's hearing that from Lauren, and she's hearing that from the teachers that Lauren's training, and it's coming out at school where prayer's not allowed and, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, my daughter um, is able to live out her faith because she's been encouraged by her children's minister and by her Sunday school teacher and by the people that are pouring into her that, yeah, you can do this everywhere and you are gifted by God to be able to do it. So it's so cool to watch that happen. I just want to say thank you to both of you for teaching that and for modeling that because what that's going to result in is kids who become adults and remain committed to living out their faith within the context of the Christian church community, um, but also within the context of whatever community God leads them to. Yeah, in some sense, having that church home really roots you so that you can carry that anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And to add on to that, we uh, just had gone to fall retreat after recording this, and a verse that we talked about a lot was First Peter 4.10. says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So I talked a lot about like where your ministry is to the students because personally for me my my ministry is the church right like I'm the student minister and and I have a very you know tunnel vision concept of where my ministry is but for them they have a lot of different places that they're at like they can serve anywhere at home they can serve anywhere during the cafeteria time or walking in the in the hallways to each class or even just you know, not just saying like, hey, I'll pray for you, but hey, let's pray really quick, you know, to their friends and stuff like that. So um, I found it interesting. I'd, and I'm in a disciple making with youth and their families course at uh, New Orleans. And um, one of the statistics said that a Lifeway research study found that 66% of students who were active in their church during high school no longer remained active in the churches between eight, b- between ages 18 to 22. And the Lifeway study defined active as coming to church twice or more per month. Yeah, And active in my eyes is being here two or three times throughout the week, right? And, right. you know, Lauren, I've talked about how we only see the students and the children for a couple hours per week, even though we may provide five or six hours of material for them to come to. So it is important that we get it in their heads and plant that seed of how important being a ser- being a faithful servant is in their own life, in their own ministry and walk with the Lord. It's huge. It's a phenomenal teaching, and I'm so thankful that that's so deeply embedded in what you guys do every week. And uh, I, as a, as a parent of a youth, as a parent of a student, and as a parent of a child, you know, um, I'm seeing it happen in my house. So thank you for that. It's really cool. Well, and I so appreciate that you bring up the fact that parents are to be the primary disciplers of their kids. Our jobs, TJ and I's jobs, are, are, are important, oh. um, but we're... We're only with them a couple of hours a week. And so um, to instill in parents that they are to be the primary disciplers is a really big deal. Um, I know that we've 
We've got some um, devotional books that are available to parents and all sorts of resources that that both of us can can put in parents' hands. Um, but just to understand that if you if you take the hours of the week, we get 168 hours a week, right? Um, if your kid sleeps like most kids do, there's probably a good 70 hours in bed, right? Um, and then if they go to public school or they go to a private school outside the home, there's what, 45, 40, 45 hours outside the home, and then parents, you get the rest. So let's make sure that we're pouring so much truth, so much of the gospel into our kids that while they are out doing their thing and learning and growing, that we have so infiltrated their minds with what the truth of God's word says, that there is not room for the world to get in there and to to corrupt that mind but for them to be able to be, I, I am ready. I am brave. I am strong because I have the Lord on my side. I am walking with the Holy Spirit. That's what we want for our kids. But with an hour or two a week, we can't do that for you. Only the parents can do that. Only the guardians can do that. Yeah, well, and I want to talk for a minute about some of the resources and opportunities that we can offer here at First Baptist that parents can really run with and you know help those seeds take root. So, Lauren, the other day you were handing out some devotional books. Now, what, what what's the story with those? So, those books are actually called The Whole Story for the Whole Family, and that is a resource. It is a year-long devotional book um, that families can do together. So, whether you've got a two-year-old or you've got an 18-year-old, you can all sit at the family table together and do that book. Those lessons will make sense for the whole family. Even the two-year-old's going to grasp some of those um, some of those ideas and thoughts that are coming from God's Word through that book. We've also got some other devotionals that are available um, that I'm happy to pass along. Um, that's just kind of the key one that, that we're using right now. But that's one of the biggest um, opportunities that we have right now. I know that uh, we want families to be able to to disciple their kids. We want them to feel like they are equipped to do that. But we also want them to feel like they're able to serve with their kids, which is a huge part of discipleship. And so right uh, as you're as you're listening to this podcast, we have just done our packing party where we've done uh, Operation Christmas Child. We've packed shoe boxes as families. So parents, kids, even our youth group's going to be jumping in and helping with that. Um, they they will be packing these shoe boxes, praying over these shoe boxes and and over the kids that are going to be receiving them. And when they receive these shoe boxes. They're also going to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so many lives are changed for the gospel through this ministry. And we want these kids to know that they are a part of it and that parents can know you're a part of this too. We're doing this together. So they're coming and serving with their kids as we pack these shoe boxes and send them to wherever they're going across the world. Man, that's awesome. Now, are there any events coming up here in November and December that we can look forward to for children's events? So a lot of our events have already happened. Like I said, we just did trunk or treat and we just did the packing party. And this is a really busy season for a lot of people. So we try to back it off a little bit as far as kids ministry events, but the church as a whole has a lot of events that are going to be going on and we want the whole family to participate in those. Now I will say we will be putting out some advent guides, some family advent guides so that parents have advent specific um 
devotions ready for their kids so that they can go through those together um, as the as the Christmas season approaches and will be over. Man, it feels like it's going to be next week when it's I'm January. What is it, happening? Yeah, it, it has come quickly. And, and we were just talking in staff meeting this morning that basically every weekend from here on out is a big weekend in the <laughs> life of our church. So um, by the time this podcast airs, the following Sunday will be November the 12th. We have a big business conference. That's our big, you know, look at the budget business conference and all those sorts of things. But then November the 19th, we're going to have our Thanksgiving meal as a church family. And we haven't done that since COVID. And I'm so excited that we're doing that again. And so excited to be sitting down with with brothers and sisters in Christ and breaking bread and, and eating turkey and all the things that we like to do. Um, on the 26th, that Sunday, we're going to, we're going to, be off because it's Thanksgiving weekend. So, you know, everybody will be kind of doing their own thing. Um, we'll still have church that morning, of course, but we just won't have any evening activities. But then we get into December and December the 3rd is the the first Sunday in Advent, the Advent Sunday of Hope. And that night will be our graded choir performance. Very excited for that at 6 p.m. Our kids' choir has been working diligently, and, and our youth choir has too. And we're not real sure just yet if the youth choir will be performing that night because of they're going to be a part of the sanctuary choir event the next week as well. So we'll see what, what comes there. But it's going to be phenomenal on the 3rd, the graded choir event. On the 10th, we will have our that, that Advent Sunday of Peace. We will have our sanctuary choir Christmas program here at First Baptist Church. And it is, man, it, it is one of the most important traditions in our family. The day I was voted in as the pastor of First Baptist Church, that night was the Sanctuary Choir Christmas program. And that was the first thing I came to. And I sat in the back row next to John Michael Huffman, who is my dear friend, whom I love so much. And I just looked around the room thinking, why in the world did this church ask me to come be their pastor? This is crazy. Now, other people thought that a few weeks later, I guess. But anyway, um, so so looking forward to that. Our choir, uh, we have so many gifted and talented musicians and vocalists, and it's just such a blessing. So we can't wait for that. Following Sunday is the Advent Sunday of Joy, and then the Advent Sunday of Love will be the 24th, which is also Christmas Eve. Uh, Christmas Eve falls on the 24th this year. Ha <laughs> ha! Just a little joke there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we will also have our Christmas Eve service that night, and so that is one of my favorite. In fact, I would say the Christmas Eve service is my favorite service of the year. Every year, we'll of course have a candlelight portion. We will, of course, sing Silent Night, Holy Night, All is Calm, All is Bright. Interesting fact about Silent Night, that song was written in 1818, Christmas Eve of 1818, and our church's first Christmas Eve was Christmas Eve of 1818. So our church is the same age as the song Silent Night, which is pretty incredible. Um, So we've got a lot of stuff coming up. And uh, we want you and your families uh, to be a part of it all. And so that's kind of an overall church perspective. But then there are some cool things happening within the, the children's ministry and the youth ministry as well. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, so what kind of resources and opportunities are available to uh, parents with youth? 
Yeah, so I, I'm really big with Lifeway. They have these 30-day student devotionals that I have plenty of, that, that we have plenty of those to hand out if, if parents and students want to go over those together. We have some for teen girls, some for teen boys, some for both genders and, and things like that. And then also a resource that was shared with me is a book called Relentless Parenting, The Crucial Pursuit of Your Teen's Heart by Brian Haynes, Haynes and Angela Haynes. And this was shared to me in one of my courses in seminary. And it's just a book about providing resources and opportunities with parents, uh, being able to disciple their, their children better, you know, and being able to be uh, consistent with that. And um, and then we have also a lot of events coming up, um, mainly just kind of fun things because there is so much going on with the church. Um, our final 608, which is just our evening worship, worship service on Sunday evenings, is, I believe, November the 5th. And then we have our Turkey Bowl, which is just a flag football game um, at a local park here. And that'll be November 19th. And then we have, obviously, our Thanksgiving dinner after that. Um, So it's just a lot of uh, fun events. We're going to Jackson's Orchard also in November um, just to kind of stay connected and stay um, true to the community that we're kind of building around here. And then the event I'm most excited for, outside of all the other big church events, is our signing day. It's on December the 10th. And signing days, we're going to have all of the students come together and all of the different ministries within the church to come downstairs to the underground in the youth room. And each student's going to sign up, and we're going to have a big party for different ministries within the church. So they'll put on a hat and commit to, say, Lawrence Children's Ministry for the entire year of 2024. So that'll provide opportunities for um, students to be able to serve, but also for their friends to see that they're willing and excited to serve within the church. I love that idea. That's, that's such a cool idea. And it's such a cool way of kind of doing what you were talking about, Lauren. It's like you you make real the concept that you, you're becoming a disciple, and that means living a certain way and being committed to something. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the idea that it's like a like like a college, like you're committing to your college by putting this hat on. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. Um, we haven't done it before, but um, I'll get a few uh, poster, poster kids to get up there and do it, and we'll all go crazy for them. And maybe get a food truck or something like that downstairs. So it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Nice. So the last question I have for you all is, if you could give one piece of advice to parents for helping them become better disciplers for their children, what would that piece of advice be? That's a really good question. That is a really good question. And I didn't include it in the list because I just no, thought of it. No, you didn't. So, yeah. You did not include <laughs> this in the list. I would say... To trust the Lord that he He knew that you would be the parent of the precious child or children that you have and to trust him that he's going to guide you and how to guide them towards Jesus. Keep pushing towards that discipleship. Keep pushing towards that obedience of pouring Jesus into them and you're going to be successful. Yeah. How about you, TJ? Yeah, I would I would completely agree with that. Um, there's I don't think there's much else uh, more advice to give on on a question like that. Uh, but I do have another statistic, and it's that ten percent of church teenagers can express their core beliefs, can lead someone else to saving faith, and choose someone choose to embrace Christ's mission for their lives. So, kind of going alongside of that is to encourage your child to express their faith and know your testimony. You know, go through the exercises of you know knowing your 15 second testimony to lead someone to Christ and to be bold in your faith and to be bold in your sharing because um, you can also lead by example in that way right like if you're a parent who is bold in their faith and is pushing um, themselves in their faith it'll rub off on your child right and it'll be it'll be a good example right like do as I say not as I do but also 
you can lead by example in that way by, like I said, being bold in your faith and pro- progressing, professing Christ in your actions and in your life. Absolutely. Well, let me let me add it to both of those because they both hit on it. But you know, as as a parent who's in the thick of it right now, I will say you've got to be um, real because your kids are going to see you when you get it right, <laughs> and they're also going to see you when you get it very wrong. And they're good at calling you out on that, especially if you're a preacher. And uh, <laughs> and so, so being real with your kids, being honest with your kids, but you can't give them what you don't have. In other words, if I'm not reading my Bible, it doesn't matter how many times I tell them to read their Bible. They ain't going to do it. If I'm not living out my faith in a meaningful way, then it doesn't matter how many times I tell them to live out their faith. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. So so both of both TJ and Lauren have hit on the notion that you gotta be an example. As you trust the Lord, as as you live out your faith, so much of what your kids pick up is what is caught instead of what is taught. And they're gonna see it. And you you gotta just do it. And and I'll tell you, there there are a few things that have been more challenging to me in my own faith journey than watching those two sets of little eyes that are watching me. And man, you live it out and you're giving them the best opportunity possible to live it out. But that includes, as both of them have said, the intentionality of saying, okay, here's a teachable moment. Here's a coachable moment. It's a lot like coaching. You know, I've coached both my kids in various sports and and you, you, you have little adjustments along the way. And so that's the thing you have little adjustments along the way, and it happens all week long. That's why our goal is to trust and follow Jesus, not every Sunday morning between 9.45 and 12. Our goal is to trust and follow Jesus in every moment that we live. And we have a lot of conversations in my truck uh, and in my wife's car about this is what happened, this is what should have happened, this is what God desires. This, you know, My daughter's in sixth grade. Their girl drama is real. <laughs> and so we have a lot of conversations about this is you know how would Jesus want us to handle this situation you know how would Jesus respond we're supposed to model Jesus and so you know uh, my son is, is in 10th grade we have a lot of conversations about you know what what is what is the Lord doing in this moment you know what does Jesus look like in 10th grade what <laughs> and so um yeah it's, it's just it it's little moments little moments along the way and I just want to encourage parents, uh, let me say as a parent and a pastor, my kids could write volumes of how many times I've gotten it wrong, how many times I've had to come to them and say, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have, you know, shouldn't have acted that way. And um, seeking the, recognizing the Lord's forgiveness, but then seeking their forgiveness in messing up. Um, so be encouraged, parents. You're going to be all right, <laughs> but live out your faith consistently and be intentional that you are raising disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. This has been this has been a powerful episode, guys. I mean, uh, once again, as a new parent, I'm just like taking notes from all of you. I'm just like, 
Well, wait, wait till your kids who are amazing, by the way. Wait till they, <laughs> they, they will not. I mean, they'll pick up on the good things that you and your wife offer, but they will also pick up so readily on the things that you're like, oh, I didn't think that was that evident. You know, whatever that is. I don't even I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, but man, it's like, oh, when you when you hear your voice coming out of them and it's not something you want them or yourself to be saying, it's like, oh, OK, here's humility. <laughs> Well, we just really want to thank you guys for coming on this episode. This has been, this has been such a good episode. Lauren, TJ, thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, the contributions that you make to this church and discipling our kids. Just thank you. Yeah, thank of course. you. It's been a joy. Yeah. Thank you all for having us. It was a good time. So listeners, if you have questions for Lauren and TJ, we'll have their emails in the show notes so you can send them your messages. If you have questions that you want us to talk about on the Beyond Sunday podcast, go to the link in the show notes or comment on the post below. And Jeff, can you pray us out for today? Yes, sir. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you so much for the gift that you have given us in being able to be a part of the church family that is First Baptist Bowling Green. And I thank you specifically for Lauren and for TJ and for the gifts that they are to our church. Lord, we know that they are here because you led them here. Uh, we are all here to serve you for such a time as this. We recognize in a 205-year-old church that this doesn't belong to any of us, but it's your church, and we are called to be faithful stewards for the time that you give us here, and I am so thankful that you have caused my time and their time and Jordan's time and Elliot's time and all of our church family's time to intersect, and what a joy it is to get to serve you. What we do here matters because it is for the kingdom of God, and we pray that everything we do in the power of the Holy Spirit, according to the Word of God, living out the faith once for all delivered to the saints, both glorifies you, Lord, and blesses this community. And we pray that people would come to trust and follow Jesus in every single moment that they live because of what happens here at First Baptist Church. And so, Lord, we pray for your blessing as we go from this place, and we pray that we would live out our faith in a way that makes the world a better place and points people to Jesus in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to our channel. To submit a question about Sunday's sermon, the Bible, or walking with Jesus, click the link in the episode description. Our hosts today are Pastor Jeff Reynolds and myself, Jordan Upton. Our engineer is Elliot Beckley, and our editors are Chadwick Walden and Fu Ying Engdahl.